Yes, good morning. How are you guys? Okay, I didn't get my papers. We'll pretend. Okay, so we're going to have a pop quiz. We all like quizzes, right? Okay, so last week, at the end of service, do you know what happened? What was something that Dan and I did? Oh, good job. You guys are listening. So, you know, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And this week, as I was thinking about that, the Lord said, you know, he's like, I'm like, why? You know, it's in the Bible. That's good. That's, we believe in that. And he said, Mary, you know, and then he took me to Mary, where Mary washed Jesus' feet. You know, she broke the perfume, which was of great value, and she washed his feet, and she prepared him for burial. You know, and Jesus washed the disciples' feet. He was preparing them for the burial. You know, how often do we let him wash our feet? Because we have to die. We have to take up our cross. We have to deny ourselves all the time. Yes, we have that initial burial, but we continue to, to say, yes, Lord, kill me. Yes, Lord, I surrender. Yes, Lord, no more of me. Yes, Lord, I'll do what you want. Lord, show me. I don't understand, but Lord, show me. And we believe in his word and we know what he says and he is holy and he is righteous and he will not lead you down a path that is not for his glory. If you say yes, I promise you, I promise you he's holy and he's righteous and he loves each one of you and he has so much for you. When you can't understand, we say yes, Lord, and he will show you. Just look, just look in the spirit. It's not what we see in the flesh. It's not what you can hold in your hand and you can see. It's what faith by faith we see we see by faith lord this morning as we come to you we praise you because you are worthy of praise you are worthy of everything you laid down your life for each one of us you said yes lord i'll go down no matter who they are or what they are they are good they are good because you love them lord i he's just so good lord i praise you lord Change us and set us free. Make us not what we was now. Make us new and whole and righteous. And as we look like you, we become Christ-like. As we understand our authority in you. And today, we learn about the power. The power of what you did. Your resurrection power that lives in each one of us. If we know you, the power of Jesus lives in us. And we are going to walk in this authority. And we will be who he says we are. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. The blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Now, let me tell you Terry's testimony real quick so you'll understand. He was in Vietnam, and he saw the carnage of humanity, the horrors of war, and he checked out mentally, and he was in a, a military mental ward, and his diagnosis was no hope of recovery. And Jesus walks into his room because he said, I was, I was so repulsed by humanity. And Jesus walked in his room and looked at him and said, I became human to set you free. And the next diagnosis was remarkable recovery. <laughs> we don't have an answer for it. Amen. Have you been cleansed? Amen. Has your heart been made whole? Yeah. Have you been healed? Have you been freed? Have you been delivered? If you have, amen. If not, I got good news. Come on. I got good news. Jesus said, you know, it, it's expedient that I must go. I think that's how he said it. Expedient that I must go because I'm going to send another. I'm going to send another. That another is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to live inside Amen. you. Amen. He's going to talk to me talking about power this morning. But that, that power has came alive in, in, in several of us. And it may come alive more in you this morning. So and Jesus said, you know, the things that I will do, you will do also. Amen. He said, and greater things than these. And I think a lot of times we get stuck up as a deal a month or so ago. And they got, well, not greater than Jesus. Well, let's forget about the greater things in Jesus. He, he said, the things I do, you will do also. So, let's just worry about them if we're stuck on the greater things. Amen. But the things I will do, you will do also. Mark 16, 15. These signs will follow those who believe. 
I want to be a believer. You know, uh, we have the same vision. I, I think Todd realizes that, but, but we have the same vision. Like, I don't care how many people is in this church. I care that you have the authority and the power. You go out yes. and you do what the Lord tells us to do. You heal the sick. You raise the dead. You cleanse the leper. You cast out demons. Yes. You do that. This will grow because of that. We're fine with that. But no, let's, I don't want you to come in here and get you in bondage and enslaved. You're, you're, he sets you free. Yes. He sets you yes. free. Amen. His kingdom come. His will be done. So... Um, we should be talking more on equipping the saints this morning. And then, and then they do something the same way we do. They actually have church in the mall right by the movie theater. But uh, he's like, do you guys do worship on the wall? I was like, what? We just got a TV on the wall. And we show video. But yeah, worship on the wall. So there we go. Amen. So Come on. We love you. I love what Dan and Sarah said yesterday about, you know, we don't know what we're doing. We're just following Jesus. And I said, that's why God's doing what he's doing. So sometimes we become professional ministers and we think we've got this and then you don't need to lean on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit because all we are is uh, we're just vessels. We're the donkey that he rides. Don't ever think you're the, uh, the, 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 the branches and the garments were about the donkey. They were about the king sitting on the donkey, amen? And if you can stay low and humble, I told him, I said, I, I heard this statement years ago. He's not looking for golden vessels. He's not looking for silver vessels. He's just looking for willing clay vessels. Because the excellency of the power is his. It's not about us. It's about him. And so if Jesus has set you free, he wants to use you to set others free. He's not looking. There's no big eyes in the kingdom of God. No big U's. Just only one, the great I am. Amen. And that's the one we've come to exalt and to worship, and he's the one that receives all the glory. I don't know if some of you all take notes. I'm going to give you five two-word statements that'll help your life. Five two-word statements. This'll help you. I'm just, I'm out here already, and I'm going to stay out here just a minute. I know what I'm teaching and preaching on today, because I come to equip five-fold ministry. I told you yesterday is to equip the saints for the working of the ministry. It takes all of us working together to accomplish the will of God, and that is extending the king of, kingdom of God here on earth. He didn't come for us to have just good church services. I'm not against that, but there's more. We're to release the kingdom everywhere we go, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But here's five two-word statements. Number one, seek wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly is one word, W-H-O-L-E-H-E-A-R-T-E-D-L-Y. Seek wholeheartedly. He said, you'll seek, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Seek wholeheartedly. Hear clearly. God still speaks. 90% of it would be straight through his written word. Remember, the spoken word of God was written so that the written word of God could be spoken again and bring forth a manifestation of what he says it will do. The power is in the spoken word of God. His word is spirit and it's life. Seek wholeheartedly. Hear clearly. Obey fully. Partial obedience is nothing but near convenience, mere convenience, and there's no power in that. Obey fully, release boldly. I told you last night, you can't be bold and bashful together. You can't be pitiful and powerful. They don't dwell in the same vessel. The power of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to be a witness, to boldly have free speech to release the kingdom of God everywhere you go. Release boldly, is that four of them? Number five is give glory. Don't you take credit for anything he does. Amen. Get yourself in trouble real quick. 99% of the people in the kingdom miss it over three G's. 
the gold, the girls, and the glory. Or if you're a girl, a guy. <laughs> the gold, money won't get you to heaven or keep you out of hell. You've got to have a little bit between here and wherever you're going. It does take money to, to, to make it on earth. And money's not the currency of heaven. Faith is. Money's not, but it takes money. So just be satisfied with what he provides for you. The girls or the guys, find the one he wants you with and stay faithful. And the glory, don't you take credit for anything he does. If you can, do, if you can take care of those three, you'll be 99% there, I promise you. Amen? Scripture's full of that. So I want to share today. Um, man, I need a strong man up here. You come, what's your name? <laughs> Kenny, come see me for a second, Kenny. I'm not a very good welder, but can you break that weld? Can you get that out of there? You can't? No. Okay. All right. Thank you, Kenny. What did I do? I made a statement, and I captured his power. Kenny's strong enough to break that out of there. But I made a statement, and it's deception because there's another piece of boat welded up in the nut for another boat to go in, and it's deception. I come to set you free of deception today. Amen. Strongholds are thoughts that hold us strong. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, natural, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Taking every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. There's a lot of things that bind us. Lies of culture, how we were raised. The, I told you, when you get born again, it's a miracle of God. You get a new heart, but after that, it takes transformation, washing the trash out of your mind. I will tell you, it is brainwashed, baby. You better wash it. Lies, deception, culture, the way we've been raised. Then also, if you come out of religious tradition, you're bound. I got in trouble. I got saved September 24th, 1994, Bass Boat Middle of Barkley Lake. I traded a brand new bass boat for a Bible. Best thing I ever did. I started reading the Bible. If you're going to get yourself in trouble, it's called when you start reading the Bible, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Because when you start reading it without the lenses of tradition, and then yet you're going to a denomination where they're teaching tradition, and they're saying all the signs, wonders, and miracles passed away with the apostles, then, man, you're in trouble. But if you're sitting there reading this, and now there's battles going on inside of you, the spirit and the flesh is warring, traditional strongholds are coming at you, and if you don't cast them down and grab them, they will bind you. And I don't care if you're bound with a 24-carat golden chain, you're still bound. doesn't matter. But today, the Holy Spirit here in the Word of God is going to help set you free. Amen? Amen. Everybody say 485. Train tracks are four feet, eight and a half inches apart. Four feet, eight and a half inches. And they're tied together securely every two feet by wooden cross ties that are secured through fissure plates with steel spikes. Y'all with me? Let me tell you how you're going to arrive safely at your predetermined destination called heaven. Y'all with me? A train arrives at its predetermined destination by staying on two rails that stay four feet, eight and a half inches apart. If one of them gets outside the other, that train does what? Derails. And let me tell you what Satan wants to do to you. He wants you to get you off the road. And he don't care which ditch he gets you in. He just wants you in a ditch because you're off the road. The two rails, one of them is the word of God. The second one is the spirit of God. They will never do this away from each other. That's the reason I love what they... And Sarah was saying, man, the experiences we're experiencing, we have to go find them in the Word. Absolutely, you better. They have to be in the Word. 
and they're founded, secured on the one who died on the cross with nails, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he came demonstrating he was the word filled with the Holy Ghost. He was the word and the spirit. If all you have is word, you dry up. If all you have is Holy Ghost, you blow up. But you put them together and you keep them at 485, you'll grow up in the things of God. Amen? Amen. And that's what we're here for. Right. Stand with me together. We're going to do something. I shared on authority last night the right to do. Exousia, Greek geek. <laughs> Today I'm going, to, I'm going to share on power, dunamis. The ability to do. So if you take the right to do and the ability to do, we can do what we need to do. Amen? So I want everybody to quote with me John 3, 16, what is considered the most inspired verse in the Bible. For God... Keep standing. Now quote Luke 3, 16 with me. There comes one after me who's mightier than me, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose, who shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Now have a seat. John 3.16 is in one of the Gospels. Luke 3.16 is in all four Gospels. Luke 3.16, Matthew 3.11, Mark 1.8, and John 1.33. How come we can't quote that verse? Thank you. Uh-oh, uh-oh. You know what the most divisive doctrine in Christian Christianity is today? Baptism. Is it water or is it, is it immersion or is it sprinkling? Is it Father, Son, Holy Ghost or is it in Jesus' name? And is there such thing as a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire? That divides more denominations. So you know what we do? We dunk them and then I sprinkle them. And then I baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then we baptize them in Holy Ghost and fire. In fact, I brought you all a fire bucket. Come here, Dan. This is yours. I want you to keep that because here's what happens. Did you know there's two ways to be baptized? You can be fully immersed by dunking. Or if you stand underneath Niagara Falls, you're going to be fully immersed. <laughs> and so, you know what? <clears throat> There's going to be, the uh, Lord spoke this to me for you all. There, you're going to have people come in here that are severely bound. And you're going to immerse them, then you're going to take that bucket and pour a bucket of water over the top of them because the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost and he came from heaven and tongues of fire set up on each one of them. Amen? <clears throat> I put out on Facebook the other day, I need an orange bucket. If anybody's got one, and don't ask why. <laughs> and the guy drove 50 miles up to Home Depot, calls me, says, I got you a bucket. <laughs> It's funny how we met. He calls me and says, where are you at? And I said, where are you at? I said, I'm three miles from you. I was headed to Lowe's. He said, here's your bucket. I said, what I owe you? He goes, I know you, Todd Hill. That's a preaching prop. It's yours. <laughs> I said, thank you. And I told him what I was doing. He goes, oh, my gosh. Fire bucket. Fire of the Holy Ghost. And that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit today. So it's a crazy world that we live in. I'm just telling you, in the lies and the just the deception that the enemy wants to keep us in, it's just, that's what we come. We come to break strongholds. Strongholds are little lies that hold us strong. And so we're going to break some of the deception today in Jesus' name. Matthew 3.11. Go there with me. I'm going to share quite a bit of scripture. I always do. 
I'm not one of these that preaches a message to say, well, let's just throw a scripture in here to make it official. Man, oh man, I will never treat the word of God like that. Absolutely not. You know how many people died just so you could have a Bible in your hand? Do you know the pilgrims came here for religious freedom? So they could, and you know the reason they started, that they started schools and teaching their children so they could read the Bible for themselves? So nobody had to tell you, control you, by telling you what it said, you could read it for yourself? Do you know why the first colleges were started over on the East Coast? To train ministers, not to train people that are bound in humanism and idealism and everything else that's going on in this nation. Are you with me? Matthew 3.11. I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You have to understand that whenever Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished, the veil of the temple was torn in two. It was ripped in two. What a lot of people don't understand is that was a one-piece garment, a one-piece curtain. If you have two curtains, you don't have to tear them in two. It was ripped in two. The fire over the mercy seat went out. The priests sewed it back up and kept a facade for 70 years of religion, keeping people bound. But that fire went out. But on the day of Pentecost, whenever there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind and tongues of fire set up on all 120 of them, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, the fire returned. God no, more, no, no longer dwells in temples made with man's hands. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost right here. You are the carrier 24-7, 365. I told you last night, I don't care if you're 36,000 feet up in a jet airplane, he's there, or 500 feet and five miles back in an underground coal mine, he's there. He's always here. Holy Ghost lives in us. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John, John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you are coming to me. What baptism do you think John's talking about there? Holy Spirit and fire. He just says there's one coming after me who will baptize you in Holy Ghost and fire. John the Baptist was of the Essenes. He baptized himself six times a day to stay clean. He wasn't talking about water baptism. He's saying, the baptism that you come with, I need that. Now, I'm going to stretch you a little bit today. <laughs> I want you to chew on that one. I've been chewing on that for three weeks. You don't need to be water baptized. How can one who needs to repent be baptizing people into repentance? Uh-oh, crickets. Watch this. But Jesus answered, said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to feel fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him when he had been baptized. Jesus came up immediately from the water. Behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What I tell you last night, three baptisms there. Baptism of water, transference of priesthood. Jesus didn't have to repent for a thing. No sin. John's in line behind his father to be the next priest. Jesus, baptized in priesthood, stands up. He's praying. He's baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. And then he's baptized in identity. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Remember, I said you got to know who you are. you got to know that you're a born-again son or daughter of the Most High God or the devil will talk you out of it, then you will act accordingly. Y'all with me? We're going to go a little further here. Dan shared this a little bit, but I'm going to ask you a question. Is the Holy Spirit living in you better than the Lord Jesus Christ walking beside you? 
Jesus himself said so. Go with me into your Bible, John chapter 16. Remember, Jesus was in a physical body. He had to become a man because God had given authority to man on earth to subdue and have dominion. Adam and Eve handed that over to the devil in the garden through disobedience. Jesus comes as a man born of a virgin with the sinless nature of his father, not the sin nature we were all born with. We talked about this last night. Some of y'all weren't here. But he had to become a man. He's in one place in one body. He could only be in one place at one time. So he tells them in John chapter 16, I'm going to start in five with you all. Some of the most beautiful scripture you will ever read is John chapter 13 where he washes the disciples' feet. And he did wash Judas' feet too, the one he knew he was going to, be, was going to betray him. Boy, that's love. 14. 15, 16, 17, because Jesus has given them the meat of, I'm getting ready to leave, boys, and here's what you got to know. Those 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, I reread those chapters all the time because the word is alive. It's to me. I'm a disciple today. Jesus says, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, it's expedient, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus is saying it's better that I leave because when I do, the Holy Spirit's going to come live inside of you. And everywhere you go, God is going to be with you because he's in you. I can only be with you while I'm here in my physical body beside you. Y'all see this? Jesus is perfect theology. He is the man who is not only the son of man, but the son of God. When you get born again, you are a son of man. But now you're a born again son or daughter of God. I told you last night, Adam, God reached down after he had got creation in order, ready for man. He reached down formed Adam from the dust of the dust of the earth and <coughs> breathing him the breath of life. He is the only created son of God. He has no belly button. Jesus is the only begotten son of God. Proceeded forth from the Father. Holy Spirit hovered over Mary. She conceived and she gave physical birth to a man, a man child. And he had to become man to defeat the devil on earth that Adam and Eve had given the authority to. But on September 24th, 1994, Bass Boat, middle of Barclay Lake, on my knees when I said the name of Jesus twice, I didn't pray a prayer, didn't know how to pray a prayer. I was a heathen of heathens. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I became instantly, it's a miracle, a born again son of God with free access to come into the throne room of grace in time of need by the blood of Jesus, with full rights to ever promise in the kingdom of God. And if you don't believe that, I can't believe it for you. But you have to. Be it so according to our faith, right? Y'all with me? Let's read a little further here. And when he had... And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. I can't convict the world of sin, no matter how, how hard I preach. And of righteousness... And of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And then he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, 
The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. Remember I said last night, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The only way that I can open the door for my wife, Michelle, is if I go in front and open the door. If you let Holy Spirit lead your life and open the doors he wants you to go through, you'll never miss it. But if you push him off to the side and go through the door you want to go through, you're in trouble. <laughs> How many of y'all ever saw a let's make a deal? <laughs> door number one, door number two, door number three. You see the numbers, you don't know the package on the backside. God knows the package on the backside. You let him pick and you'll get the best every time. But you have to submit yourself to him and let him lead. If God is, if you have the license plate, God is your co-pilot, please change seats. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So Jesus ascends to heaven. And he tells them, don't you do a thing. I'm going to get there in a minute until you receive power from on high. Did you know we don't live in the crucified power of Christ? Crickets. Man, oh man. Jesus, you're breaking strongholds today. He was only on the cross for six hours. When I'm walking down through there and I see a man with a cross, Jesus still hanging on and I go, take that necklace off. He was only there for six hours. He was only in the grave for three days. He's been resurrected for almost 2,000 years. You live in the resurrection power of Christ. You come to the cross to get your sins forgiven, to get cleansed, but you don't live at the cross. Glue the spider, I'm just a worm. <coughs> Spit that out of your mouth. When Paul's writing the letter to the churches, in, we want to start with Ephesians, to the saints. Did you know in your King James Version, it'll say, I think it's Galatians for those who are called to be saints, they were added in italics. They're not supposed to be there. Pull them out to the saints. What is a saint? A separated, called out. Holy means separate. I'm no longer of the world. I don't have to live like the world. I don't have to have the language of the world. Remember I told you that, that day in the Bass Boat Middle of Barker Lake, I was an alcoholic. I haven't been since. I lost half my vocabulary that day. <laughs> Working in underground coal mines and ain't no sissies down there, I promise you. I got a different language. I got a different heart. I am a saint. You're not trying to be a saint. You're made saint by the power of God. To the saints. Paul's writing, to the saints. To the called out separated ones. Holy, separate. And then what happens is salvation is a miracle. Happens just like that. You get a new heart wrought by the power of Holy Spirit. Just as whenever God blew into Adam the breath of life, the Holy Spirit blows in you the breath of heaven. And you get born again. Now I'm getting this right here transformed because where the mind goes, the man follows. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And as a man continues to think in his heart, so he remains. You change your thinking, you change your living. We're the only creation of all of God's creation that has ability to create. Just look around. There's not one monkey has one patent. Duh. We're the highest creation, and we have authority on earth to bind or loose, to allow or disallow. Jesus, in Acts 10, 38, Peter's preaching. Peter's at Cornelius' house. He's preaching. 
And he says in, in Acts 10.30, one of my favorite verses, I shared this last night. This, talking about Jesus of Nazareth, whom God anointed with the Holy Ghost and with, everybody say power. 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 Who went about doing good. God is good all the time. If you want to know who and how God is, add one O to God, and he's good all the time. If you want to know how the devil is, just kick the D off of his name. He's evil all the time. All the time. Never. When the devil gets up in the morning, I don't know if he sleeps, but when he gets up, he's doing his job. He shows up every day, and he's faithful to his job, and you better show up every day. When you wake up, the devil will go, uh-oh, he's up again, she's up again. The year 2000, I'll share a little bit more about it, but I was in one of the toughest battles I'd ever been in for nine months. Ordained, allowed by the Lord, and I'll share it in a little bit. But I was, we were in church sitting halfway back, and a prophet from Nashville, Tennessee, actually he was dead in the morgue, shot dead. And Jesus walked in and grabbed his big toe and resurrecting, resurrecting James Payne. He wrote a song the night uh, Jack Daniels met John 3.16. <laughs> John 3.16.1 over Jack Daniels. He always will. He wrote that song. But he walked up to me, didn't know me from man on the moon. He goes, brother, he goes, the devil has you in a low place. The devil has you in a hard place. He said, he fears your presence and he fears your prayers. He said, don't you dare back up. And he walked off. And I'm going to tell you something. Once you know who you are because of whose you are and what you have, he fears your presence and he fears your prayers. You're not supposed to fear the devil. I was in Lowe's one day talking to a cash register. I said, do y'all know the one thing? I told him, told him, I said, do you know the one thing the devil, that the Bible tells you to run from? She went, yeah, the devil. I went, no. <laughs> says, flee sexual immorality. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. If you submit yourself to God, submission, not surrender. Surrender's with a gun, force. Submission sees the good and chooses to. Lord, I can have a much better life if I make you Lord of my life and get rid of my American dream, my will, my ways. Just follow you. I'll have the best ever. And then if you do that, because simple obedience, you can stand with authority and tell the devil where to go every day. We serve a great big God and a defeated devil, and I'm not trying to defeat him. I'm enforcing the victory Jesus already won. Right. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I got born again about six months later. The man who led me to the Lord was a Baptist deacon. Let me tell you something. I started going to a Baptist church, and listen, I'm not condemning anybody. Don't you ever hear this. I'm thankful for the Baptist. I'm thankful for every denomination. I am. But... All I'm hearing is salvation, 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 salvation. Every service, salvation. I'm looking at the same people in here. I go, my God, if they're not saved, they ought to get saved. And let's get past this because there's more. There's more here. And I started praying a prayer, Lord, send us where we'll grow. And the Lord shifted us and moved us. Because when Jesus said he came to give you life abundantly, that's on this side of eternity. That's not in heaven. There's no demons, no devils, no terrorists. No tyrants. There's no trials, testings, temptations in heaven. The abundant life is for here. Yes. It's for here. And so I called the man who led me to the Lord. And he said, uh, I said, how you doing? He goes, well, I've been sick. He said, I'm sick now. I said, give me come down and lay hands on me and pray for you. He goes, no. I said, why not? He goes, God's whooping me. I went, he is? He goes, yep, God's whooping me. I said, okay. I said, you definitely want God's perfect will in your life. Does everybody want God's perfect will in your life? Raise your hand. Oh, okay. 
He said, yeah, I do. I said, you've been to the doctor? He goes, yeah, twice. I said, well, God's whooping you. Quit going to the doctor trying to get God's will out of your life. All of a sudden, crickets on the other end of the phone. He went, huh. Did you know that if God wants you broke, busted, and disgusted, and sick, and diseased, every doctor, every nurse, every clinic, every hospital is in direct rebellion to the will of God on earth? I'm going to just let that one sit there just a minute. I've been healed. I'm supposed to have back surgery in 1996. I'm going to share more of that testimony, how I got healed. I've been healed of ehrlichiosis, Rocky Mountain non-spotted tick fever. Almost died because they misdiagnosed it. First said I had sinus infection, then said I had the flu in September. And then Michelle finds me laying in the floor, wants to call an ambulance. I said, just get me to the truck. We pull up in the emergency room. A big man comes out, picks me up, and carries me in there. I'm in there for five days. When I finally get home, I work two hours a day, every day, because that's all I have in me, two hours. From seven to nine, I come home, lay down. The second week, Monday, I did the same thing. Tuesday, I'm laying back in the lazy boy. Michelle walks by, I said, you going to work today? I said, no, I don't have anything left in me. She goes over and grabs the bottle of anointing oil, anoints me, and the power of God hits me, and I've been working full time ever, ever since then, amen? <laughs> Miss Hill is not gonna have a lazy, disabled husband. No. <laughs> she knows her authority. I've been healed of rosacea. Y'all know what rosacea is? Looks like, it looks like a, a acne, but it's terrible. It scars your face and all that. They said there was no cure for it. I've been healed of a hiatal hernia. Said no cure for it. I went on a three-day fast. God healed me. 2017, you got to understand, I've got 42 years underground coal mine, and some of it was this low. This is how I walked. This is how I lived. <laughs> and they told me I needed double knee replacement. And I said... If we do it, we're going to do both of them at the same time. He says, man, I like people like you. But I said, I'm not sure we're going to do it. He goes, why is that? I said, I'm waiting on the Lord. In November of 2017, in a service where Michelle and I were pastoring, during worship, I keep hearing the scripture in Acts chapter 3, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I kept hearing it over and over inside of me. And all of a sudden, the worship leader stopped the service and said, I don't know if this is proper or not. I said, you have freedom. She said, we had, a, we had a man in our community, a young man who had had a car wreck, killed his passenger. He's in ICU. They don't expect him to live. And she, she called out his name. We all knew about it. Said, I just keep hearing this scripture over and over in me. Silver and gold have I none, such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. It's called a now word. It's called a rhema word. And whenever that happens, you must grab the opportunity of a lifetime during the lifetime of that opportunity. And she said, I feel like we need to declare this over his life. And I grabbed the mic and I said, let me tell you all something. I'm going to confirm this because that same scripture out of 37,171 scriptures in the Bible, one scripture is going through both of us. That's not coincidence. There's no such thing as luck or coincidence in the Hebrew language. Get it out of your mouth. True. And I said, we're going to declare this over him. But I said, they want to do double knee replacements in me. I said, if you got anything wrong from your hips to your toes, I said, I, I, I encourage you to grab this word and you declare it over your life. I ain't had knee replacements. I'm talking about a God of power who still does what he always did. See, the stronghold, heaven's been open since the day of Pentecost. It's just closed between the ears of humanity. 
we got to break that stronghold. Uh-oh, don't y'all get mad at me. <laughs> Should Acts chapter 1,322, verse 1 read? See, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Ghost through men and women of God still being written today. Should it read how Jesus baptized Dan and Sarah Goose Tree of rocky comfort in the Holy Ghost and fire who then went about doing good, releasing the kingdom of God that now dwells within them? That's what it ought to read. Should it not read in your life, this Todd Hill of Madisonville? Did you know that if you walk into church today and go, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, they'll go, who in the world do you think you are? Same thing when Jesus stood up and took his place, said the spirit of the Lord is upon me, they went. That's Joseph's son. And they wanted to kill him when he took his rightful place. Did you know the devil doesn't want you whole, healed, free, and on fire? You know one way to find out you're on fire? They'll be throwing wet blankets on you. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? That passed away with him. Uh-oh, shut up. Y'all going to get me. I'm already wound up. I'm not done yet. Should we now say, silver and gold we now, we now have, but such as I have passed away with the apostles because God now wants me crippled, broken, busted, and disgusted? That's the will of God for my life? Do we want to go around singing the hee-haw song, gloom, despair, and agony on me? Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair. And then tell a sad story of how you're living in the kingdom of God with the kingdom of God. When you get born again, you're baptized in, by the Holy Spirit into the kingdom of God. And then he wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire, which is now the kingdom of God within you. More scripture. Y'all ready? Everybody wants to know their purpose. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. Does everybody want to know your purpose on earth? Raise your hand. Why am I here? Why, after I got born again, did I not get translated out of this body into heaven where I could be up there with Jesus, sitting at his feet, and boy, worship's got to be better there because it's going on 24-7, 365. Absolutely. That's a good question. I'm going to tell you why. Chapter 3, 1 John, verse 8. What does it say? He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, what does your Bible say? The Son of God manifested for what reason? You've been left here to destroy the works of the devil. First in your life, remember Jesus won a private victory in the desert with him, and then he come out and demonstrated that by releasing public victory everywhere he went. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. More scripture. I know I've stretched you all. I'm stretching. A mind stretched to a new dimension can never go back to its original place. Once you know, you can't say you don't know or it's not so. You can just turn your back on it and walk away, but you can't unknow what you know. You're going to know. You know how much, you know how many scars I have on my back from believing how I believe? It's not the unbeliever that gives them to me. It's not the believer. It's the make-believer, the traditionalist. There's a lady in our, from our community. She's passed away. Uh, her tour, tour bus had a wreck. Her name was Dottie Rambo. Dottie Rambo wrote over 2,500 Christian songs. Dottie Rambo went on a USO tour to Vietnam ministering to the soldiers. She met General Westmoreland. She asked General Westmoreland this question, who are your greatest soldiers? Green Beret, he went, nope. Delta Force, nope. Recon, nope. Well, who are they? He said, those that have been wounded in battle and come back to fight again. He said, because when they come back the first time they're drafted, the second time they come back willingly, 
And he said, and they come back and they fight harder and smarter. And he said these words, and you need to grab a hold of them. Wounds ooze blood, but scars ooze wisdom. I'm thankful for every scar that I have because it's the crushing that causes the anointing to come forth. If you go on, the more you become like Jesus, the more you're going to be treated like Jesus. How was he treated? Despised, rejected of men, a man of many sorrows. <laughs> lied to, lied on, kissed on the cheek, stabbed in the back, slandered, betrayed, falsely accused, said he was of the devil while he's casting out demons. You got to know your Bible. <laughs> I'm not preaching some foreign out here word. It's in the word, right? All right, Luke 4, 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place. He actually found his place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost, is upon me. Because he, the Holy Ghost, has anointed me to preach to the poor. The Holy Ghost has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, I'm going to... Drop down to verse 31 before we go there. Let me share something with you. The Holy Ghost living in you is 24-7, 365. The Holy Ghost upon you is always for a season and a reason. Don't ever confuse those two. Because when he comes upon you, he's there to accomplish a purpose, to move powerfully. One morning, about 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning, I woke up and in my room was the presence of the Lord. And my right hand was vibrating. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, when you feel that in your hand, the gifts of healing will be flowing through you. You'll get a word of knowledge with it. Just lay your hand and I'll heal. And that's a very powerful manifestation. And I've seen people heal. In fact, that morning, we had a lady walk by Michelle and I in church, through the road, went down for prayer. The Lord, all of a sudden, my hand, that, manifest, that, that gift manifested. Michelle went down. I went down, laid my hand on her back. I knew to put my hand there. Didn't know why. Come to find out she'd had a car wreck six months prior. Massive headaches, all kinds of trouble, and God healed her as far as I know she's been healed since that day. Amen? And give Jesus praise for that. Now watch this. I'm thankful for that gift, but if I don't have a manifestation of that, I've seen more people healed by this right here. On the authority of God's word where he said, These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I lay my hand on you. I don't have to feel it. If I do, I'm walking by feeling and not by faith. Y'all with me? The manifestation of the Spirit is powerful. I'm not making light of that. But if I don't have that, I know that God wants people sozoed. I was telling Dan this morning, Michelle and I were in Walmart. I'm out here, I know. You okay if I keep walking out here on water? Jesus is out here. If he wasn't, I wouldn't be here. Michelle and I go into Walmart. We got to return some stuff. And I got a busy day. It's a Saturday. We want to do all this stuff. And our daughter's with us. And the lady behind the return counter, she bends down and picks something up. When she comes up, she has a grimace on her face. And I went, oh, God. I ain't got time for this, Lord. I got stuff to do. I'll just flesh out in front of you. It's okay. We all have it. I went, oh. And then I said, if I walk away from this, what I'm saying is that's God's will for her life. <sighs> So it's the battle between the flesh and the spirit, man. Okay. 
And I said, ma'am, you had a lower back trouble? Wasn't a word of knowledge. I just saw the grimace on her face. Sometimes you can just look and see people got an issue, okay? And she goes, yes, sir. I said, do you mind if we pray for you? She goes, no. So I slid around behind the counter, laid my hand on her lower back. Michelle grabbed her hair and we prayed for her. She went, wow. I said, we've been down again. She's been down. She goes, it's gone. Every time I walk through Walmart, she smiles and winks at me. <laughs> if I walk away from that, I'm saying that's God's will for your life. He wants you with lower back pain. I went to a... a a big corporation, we went to take a tour through their plant. Some of the people I've been, I work, I work for Alliance Co. still. And um, <clears throat> uh, so we had this, this preliminary meeting inside of this boardroom, and the head guy of the, of the whole plant is standing up. He said, I apologize, I can't sit with you, I have lower back trouble. Um, so, okay, so we go through the plant for a while, we come back, we eat. He sits down long enough to eat, and then when it's time for debrief, he just stands up and stands there with his hand right there. And so when we're getting ready to leave, I just looked at him and I said, his name was Mike. I said, Mike, can I have a, a moment with you privately in your office? He said, yeah. And my coworkers looked at me like, oh, Lord, here goes Hill again. <laughs> and so I stepped in there and I said, uh, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, I sure do. I said, well, I'm going to tell you a little story. I said, April 5th, 1996, I was off work to have back surgery. The Lord supernaturally healed my back. And I said, I want to lay hands on you and pray for you with your permission. He said, Absolutely. You know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I laid hands on them and they were, they were loved and got a prayer. I mean, are they going to get any sicker because you pray for them? I've never seen it. <laughs> to raise the dead, if you go to raise them from the dead, are they going to get any deader if they don't come up? No. No. So I prayed for him. God healed him just like that. And every now and then he sends me a text because I just want to check on you, brother. Faith has a synonym. It's called risk. There's no big eyes or little U's. I'm nobody special. I'm just an old country boy fell in love with a man I found out loved me first. His name's Jesus, right? Amen. That's the simplicity of it. Okay, let's go a little further. Verse 31, Luke 4. He said, then, talking about Jesus, went to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Remember, we talked about authority. Now, in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. How long had he been sitting in the synagogue? Who knows? But he felt comfortable in church. And he cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come destroy us? I know that you are the Holy One of God. The demons knew who he was, and the Pharisees who had all the scriptures had, had no clue who he was standing right in front of them. He said, You search the scriptures, and they are they that speak of me, and you still don't believe. But the demons knew. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt them. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, I want you to catch this one part of the scripture. What a word this is, for with authority and power, he commands. He commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. He doesn't go, I wish you'd come out of that, boy. You know, demon, you ought to get out of there. Have you ever had a dog in your yard you didn't want in your yard? Do you go, get out of here, you old dog. Get! And Jesus didn't scream. He just said, go. I want to get into people we've seen delivered of demons. But let me tell you three things you don't do. You don't plead the blood. All you do is make them mad. You don't scream because then they know you have fear. And you don't back up. All you do is you tell them, submit to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ right now and come out. And they come out. Because you knew, used the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember last night, whenever they come back and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. He said, I'll be held Satan as lightning fall from heaven. 
I give you authority to trade up on serpents and scorpions and all over all the ability of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Nevertheless, rejoice not that demons are subject to me through your name, but that your names are written down in heaven because of your position with me, because you belong to me. That's the reason you have the authority and the power. You got to understand, it's not about you, it's about him. Are you with me? And the report about him went into every place in the surrounding region. Now he rose from the synagogue, entered Simon's house, but Simon's mother was sick with a high fever. They made requests of him concerning her. So he stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose, served them. When the sun was setting, all those who had any had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Let me tell you something. When you lay your hands on somebody and pray for them, you have nothing in your clay hands. But the kingdom of God within you has to have a wire. Electricity has to have a, a wire to be transferred. You're just, just say, I'm just conduit. <laughs> I'm just a wire. The power's not of me. It's of him. It'll keep you humble. And demons came out, also came out many crying out saying, you are the Christ, the son of God. They knew who he was. And he rebuking them did not allow them to speak for he knew that he, they knew that he was Christ. Now when it was day, he departed, went to a des deserted place and the crowd sought him, came to him, tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities because for this purpose I've been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. I want y'all to turn with me in your Bibles now. One more place. Turn with me to Mark chapter 17. Oh no, wait a minute. Mark 17, best be in your Bible. The chapter where Jesus said, when I leave and the apostles die, there'll be no more power in my kingdom. When the First original apostles are dead. There will be no more signs and wonders. There will be no more Holy Ghost and fire. You won't get the whole scriptures put together till 1452 in your hands. And then that will super exceed everything else that I've ever done. You're on your own with a few scriptures. <clears throat> Spit that out of your mouth. It's not there. But that's the way most of us believe and live. Did you know that the disciples prayed for signs, wonders, and miracles? In Acts chapter 4, verses 29 through 31, after they have healed, God had healed the lame man at the gate, beautiful, and they're attacked by the religious leaders, threatened, told not to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. They come back and they pray and they say, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant to us that with all boldness we may preach your word, speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. They prayed for signs, wonders, and miracles to confirm the ludicrous message that a man was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on a cross, buried, rose again three days later, ascended to heaven, and is coming back one day. That's ludicrous to the natural mind. But whenever it's confirmed with power, it's like, uh-oh. It says, after they had prayed, the place where they were was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost for the third time, by the way. John chapter 20, 21. After Jesus resurrected from the dead, he appears to them and breathes on says, receive you the Holy Ghost, which is the life of the Spirit that you receive when you're born again. On the day of Pentecost, he tells them, don't you do anything until you receive power from on high. And the Holy Ghost falls on them. They're baptized in the Holy Ghost then of power. And then here, they're saying, man, we got great opposition. We need a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost is pretty much what they're saying. And he delivers every time. But you, you want signs, wonders, and miracles. They don't follow a man. They follow a message that Jesus is risen, ruled, and reigned, and soon returning. It's not about the man or woman. Don't ever get that. Michelle and I, one time about 1998, we, we had a little home group. We were teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember I told you the most divisive doctrine is baptism. So we teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And out of my mouth, I said these words. I said, this teaching, the devil fights the hardest 
because this is where you realize who you are, what you have, and now he knows he's defeated. When I got finished teaching, we went to bed. It was 1030. I lay in bed. I've been laying there about five minutes, and all of a sudden, I felt something go through my stomach, and I went, man, that's weird. Then all of a sudden, I had this manifestation all over my flesh like chicken skin, itching me to death. And I jumped up and I said, Michelle, get up. She goes, what's up? I said, I'm under attack. I identified it for what it was. The devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So you must be alert and be on guard, right? And so we go into the great room. I put my robe on and man, it's just, I mean, I'm itching everywhere. In fact, I'm doing this and I grab my Bible and I'm worshiping Jesus. The hardest thing to do is worship in the midst of your hardest time. The easy thing to do is to cry out to God, but I'm worshiping and I'm doing this to my feet to get some relief. And Michelle, she's on her face praying in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden my, my throat started constricting. I started, I was losing air and I, I looked at her, I said, Michelle, she goes, yeah. I said, don't call the ambulance. I said, we're going for the Lord, live or die, don't you dare call them. She goes, okay. So she's praying the Holy Ghost, and I'm just worshiping, worshiping, and all of a sudden, she looks up, craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. She goes, Lord just spoke to me. He wants you to go get in the shower, take a warm shower with a bar of Dove soap, Dove, how specific, and just put it over your head and let it wash over your body. I went, that's just crazy enough to be God. <laughs> so, makes no sense to write here. You have to understand that Noah saved him and his family in obedience to the logic-searing word of God. Go build a boat. It had never rained. Go build it on ground. Man, that's crazy. But he did. So I get in the shower, and I've got this warm, I got this bar of soap uh, on my head, and that warm water's giving me some comfort. All of a sudden, through three walls and the sound of the shower, I heard a glass break. Michelle had got up while I was in the shower, went to clean out the dishwasher, dropped a glass on, on the towel. As soon as that happened, I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, get out, get your clothes on, go back to interceding for the lost like you have been. Every morning I was walking my neighborhood, praying over every home. And I said, Lord, I'm under attack here. Don't you know what's going on? Like he does it. <laughs> and he just very calmly repeated, get out, get your clothes on, go back to interceding for the lost like you have been. And all of a sudden it hit me, get back on the offense. The very reason he was coming at me was because I was invading his territory. So I got out, put my robe on, I went in there, and I just started praying for the lost again, interceding. And all of a sudden, I looked at Michelle, I said, it's time to go to bed, honey. She goes, what? I said, yes, yeah, go to bed. It was midnight. For an hour and a half, we'd been warring. The next morning, I got up, walked the neighborhood. When I walked in the door, Michelle said, take your shirt off. I want to see this. I said, you don't understand. I went, Phew. I said, it's gone. And she said these words, last night when I dropped that glass, I feel like that's when it broke from the spirit realm. I said, that's whenever he spoke to me and told me how to get back on the offense. See, if we're not careful, we'll make the devil big. We say, oh, just don't do it anymore. No. Oh, I'm not done yet. I got a few more testimonies. Are y'all okay? Yeah. Who in here give me five more minutes? Raise your hand. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25. I got about, <laughs> all right, y'all hold on. When I was 12 years old, I got struck by lightning. Let me share a story. Mom and I are sitting in the living room. We hear a thunderstorm come up. And she says, uh, son, there's a thunderstorm coming. I said, yeah. I said, I know that. She goes, run out there and roll up the windows in my car. So the car was about 150 feet 100 in the driveway. I go out there, open the door, grab the handle. The last thing I remember was this bright flash. When I wake up, I'm 15 feet from the car. I'm now in water that deep, and it's pouring down on me. I walk into the house. Mom looked at me and said, my God. What happened? I said, I got struck by lightning. She goes, I thought you jumped in the car to stay dry. I said, no, ma'am. 
And she said I was totally white with blue lips. And uh, I, had a, I had an unhealthy fear of lightning after that until the Lord delivered me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go out there and stand in. If you want to, you can, but I'm not. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, April 5th, 1996, I had seen people falling under the power of the Spirit. I'd seen some stuff, and I'm going, eh. And I've been saved for a year and a half, loving Jesus, leading people to Christ. And I was reading a book called Charisma versus Charismania. Just remember, God's not going to judge you on, your, on, on the charisma because that's his gifting. He's going to judge you on the character, the fruit of the Spirit, because that lasts through eternity. The gifts will, will leave whenever you go home. They'll go to somebody else, and when he returns, you don't need them in heaven. That's just a freebie. So... So um, um, I'm reading the book, Charisma versus Charismania, and this guy said, being slain in the spirit is you got your hands up, your head back, you're off balance, and they push you over. And I said, yeah, that's what's going on. Well, it was Good Friday, April 5th, 1996. I was off work to have back surgery, working underground coal mines for 18 years. I'd done some damage to my back, being bent over like that all the time. So they were scheduling. We go to church, pastor preached. I don't remember what he preached, but a guy up front, about right here, looked at me. I was about halfway back and said, just like that. And in myself, I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, I'm going to go up here for prayer. But I said, I'm going to tell you this right here. I'm sick and tired of my pride, my ways, my life. I was born again, but that's called total submission to lordship. I'm sick and tired of my pride, my ways, my life. Because it's not about me. It's about you. I went up for prayer. And I'm standing here like this. And that guy puts his hand on my head and he pushes. And I went, <laughs> nope, don't play games, baby. No way. And so I continued worshiping here, and he walked off, and somebody walked up to me and barely put their hand right there, and I got struck by lightning again. I got knocked 15 feet down the middle aisle underneath the pew. And when I hit the ground, I don't even remember. But whenever I raised up and opened my mouth, I had a language come out of me I'd never heard before, and I heard the worship, the praise and worship in the spirit realm, and I said, now I know why you inhabit the praises of your people. And all of a sudden, I started weeping, and then I started laughing uncontrollably. And I would weep, and I would laugh. For an hour and a half, I could not get up out of that floor. I tell people, whenever you're there, don't fight it. That's God's operating table. He knows what he's doing. Let him have free course. He created you, and he can fix you. Let him have his way. When I got up an hour and a half later, my back was 60% better. Now, it didn't fit here, but my heart was full. And I'm going, oh! I go back to work on Monday. They go, Hill, what are you doing here? I said, I'm going back underground. They go, no, you're not. You're having back surgery. I said, no, I'm not. I said, I had an encounter with, my, with the Lord. My back's better. I'm going back to work. Wednesday night, I go up for prayer. Same thing happens again for another hour and a half. <laughs> and when I get up then, all I could say is, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. I don't think I'd ever read the scripture. It was prophecy coming out of me. And I'm walking around the church. My back pain is zero, and I'm trying to figure it out right here. And an old saint in the back, Miss Dupree, calls me and said, Todd, come here a minute. And I went back there. She said, Lord just spoke to me and said, you've had major back trouble. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, lower back. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, he told me it's been five months. And I went, yes, ma'am. She goes, he wants me to tell you one more thing. I said, what's that? He's healed your back in this laughter because a merry heart does good like a medicine. <laughs> it doesn't fit here. But let me tell you the rest of the story. I don't care if the Holy Ghost turns you up on your head and bounces you like a pogo stick. I don't care what the manifestation is. I don't care if you weep, if you laugh, if you shake, if you trip. I don't care. When it's over, I want to know what the fruit of that encounter is. 
guess what happened to me? Not only did he heal my back, he broke racism in my life, something I was taught as a kid, a stronghold. He put a joy in my heart that I don't care what's going on in the external, I've got joy. Happiness depends on external happenings. The joy of the Lord is my strength and it's from a deep well of Holy Spirit living in us. He put a peace in my heart. He told me one day I was just worshiping Jesus in the house and the Holy Spirit said, I don't care if there's nuclear bombs coming out of the sky, you just lift your head high because your redemption draws nigh. You know how many people would take off running if nuclear bombs were falling out of the sky? I'm just going to do this. I love you, Lord, because in about 10 seconds, I'm going to be right in his presence still worshiping him. Come on, y'all. Huh? I got a couple more testimonies, and I'm going to land this airplane. Is that all right with you all? <sighs> I was spending time with Jesus one day, and he gave me a download. Y'all ready for this? Holy Ghost sent to empower world changers, effective prayers, demon slayers, not religion players. Holy Ghost sent for you to turn the world upside down, not to make you a sideshow clown. I've seen too many of those. Holy Ghost sent to lead you to be a soul winner, not leave you to be a worldly sinner nor a novice beginner. You need to grow in the things of God. Holy Ghost sent as a Jesus stronghold breaker, not just a joyful goosebump maker. I'm not against the goosebumps and the manifestation of his presence, but that's not all there is. Holy Ghost sent to make you a tongue talker, a wet water walker, not a dry boat talker. So what if you start to sink? Jesus is there to lift you up. At least you got out of the boat. Y'all know what Peter said when he got back in the boat? The other lady went, ha, ha, told you you couldn't walk on, walk on water. Look how wet you are. And he went, shut up. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. He said, not only that, what was over my head is under Jesus' feet. He said, next time you see me, if I die, just put on my tombstone. Last time we saw Peter, he was walking towards Jesus. That would be enough. Come on, y'all. <laughs> Holy Ghost sent to make you a serpent re remover, not a self-help improver. Uh-oh. Holy Ghost sent to heal the sick, not learn a charlatan's tricks. Holy Ghost sent to raise the dead, not to let fear live in your head. I'm not done yet. Holy Ghost sent... To direct your feet, not kick you out of your seat. The Lord shall lead us, but we have to move our feet. He is the helper, not the doer. Don't be waiting on him. He's waiting on you. The Holy Spirit in me is for me. The Holy Spirit on me is for all those around me to be set free from the power and influence of the enemy. I'm going to repeat that one. The Holy Spirit in me is for me. The Holy Spirit on me is for all of those around me to be set free from the power and influence of the enemy. He has to bow in the name of Jesus. God the Father has a lot of misguided children in his kingdom due to being guided by feelings, emotions, circumstances, opinions, and religious traditions instead of being led by the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's real. I was mowing the yard. I shared this last year. You know, it's funny how the Lord speaks to you when you're mowing the yard, walking or taking a shower because your flesh is being satiated. It's just being taken care of. When I'm mowing the grass, I'm having time in my life. I love to cut grass and make it straight. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He says, I suppose I'm going to have to raise the early apostles from the dead because y'all don't believe y'all have what they had. And then October 14th of this year, Michelle and I were in Clearwater, Florida, and 3 a.m. in the morning, I woke up and I heard this question, what happened to the power in my church? What happened to the power in my church? Potential without passionate action is nothing. You know, you know where the wealthiest place in the world is? It's not Dubai. It's not Fort Knox. It's not the New York Exchange. It's the graveyard. 
You know how many people go to the grave with ministries, businesses, books, songs, inventions because of fear? Fear of failure, fear of criticism, fear of man, and so they keep the music in them and they die with it. Potential without passionate action is nothing. Dynamite without an ignited fuse does nothing. The gospel not preached in demonstrative power accomplishes nothing. The good news is not good news unless I can be healed, whole, set free. Right. Who in the world wants to limp through? If I get born again at the age of 18, who wants to live to 78 being broke, busted, and disgusted? We must break down the strongholds of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Those are the triplets that attack our risk-taking faith. Faith has a synonym. I told you it's risk. Smith Wigglesworth said, said, once you've been born again into the kingdom of God and once you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire and the kingdom of God is now living in you to wait for something else is unbelief. What else is there? Are we second string Christians? No. But because we live in a nation, Western civilization, Christianity is a compromised, cold, comfortable, complacent place. Just get born again, do your best and show up in heaven one day. There's no power in that. I went through a period of time for a whole week where I wanted to take my Bible. And let me, when I graduated school, my mama shouted hallelujah. She didn't think I was coming out of place. My favorite classes were recess and lunch. Anybody else been there? <laughs> I appreciate y'all's honesty. So that shows you that I'm nobody but just an old donkey that we let Jesus ride. The, the, the greatest compliment I ever got in ministry was one night after ministry and the boy received prayer. And he walked to me and he says, Mr. Hill. He said, you're just an old country boy. God laid his hand on him. If you can do it, I can do it. And I said, bingo. I wish the whole world could hear that one. But for a whole week, because after I got born again, man, I fell in love with Jesus. They had my Bible. I mean, books. I mean, I have a library now. But one day, I wanted to take my Bible and all the books and take them out in the front yard, pour gas on them, and burn them. I'm telling you, that started like on a Tuesday. Wednesday, man, I was fighting. I just wanted to take everything out in the yard and burn it. Thursday. Come Friday, I knew I was dealing with unbelief. Whenever Jesus' disciples could not cast out the spirit, and he did, and they asked, how come we couldn't? He said, because of your unbelief. This kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. The demon doesn't go out by prayer and fasting. Your unbelief goes out by prayer and fasting. So I went on a three-day fast. I fasted Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning we go to church. Sunday afternoon before we go back to church, I walked in our spare bedroom. I leaned over a chair with my chest. I only had this much strength in me. I said, Lord, if you can do anything, I need help. That was my prayer. Well, that's a powerful prayer, ain't it? <laughs> that's all you have. That's enough. We go to service. On the way to service, Michelle goes, what's going on? I said, honey, I don't know whether I want to take my Bible, all my library, put it out in the yard, and burn it. That, that evening, we're worshiping, and I... I worship a little bit. Anyway, we sit down. We have service. We go back into worship, and I stood up just for a second. Then I sat down. I sat down just like this, and I put my arms here, and I hung my head. And all of a sudden, her spiritual mama, Cindy Barber, walked over to me. She didn't have a clue. She looked at me. She goes, I see it all over you. The devil has sent a spirit of doubt and unbelief on your life. And she starts praying in the Holy Ghost and wiping me. And casting it off, and man, all of a sudden, I jumped up and said, hallelujah. I looked around Michelle and said, let's go eat. <laughs> she goes, what? I said, it's gone. It felt like you pulled a cloak off of me. You remember what I said yesterday? You hold a book. 
that has Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and angels. Also has the devil and demons. And if you don't believe in them, he's already got you through deception. Because you'll think you're fighting something else. Did you know you can't deliver a demon with a drug? Did you know you can't disciple a demon, but you can't cast out the flesh? <laughs> you disciple the flesh and you cast out the demonic. And now, again, I'm not, I'm not a demon chaser. Everybody's got a demon and everything. I, I'm not that person. But I'm telling you, if you have, if it's still dealing with you, if you cast it out, bind it, rebuke it in Jesus' name, and it's still there, it might be the flesh. But otherwise, you might just be, get, get free. Y'all with me? One last testimony and I'm done. The year 2000, Michelle's in school. We eat, she goes to school, I'm washing dishes. All of a sudden, I heard the still small voice of the Holy Spirit say, you have a battle coming. I went, uh-oh. You know, whenever Jesus looked at Peter and said, Satan wants to sift you, I pray that your faith remains. He didn't say, I'm gonna rebuke Satan for your, on your behalf. He said, you have a battle coming. The next 24 hours, I was real anxious. The next night we eat, Michelle goes to school and I'm washing dishes again. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, battles are not sent to destroy you, but to build you and you'll choose what they do in your life. Because David had slain a lion and a bear, he was ready for Goliath. If you read the story of Goliath, the whole army of Israel runs from him and David runs towards him. Same God, different revelation. I got your head today, baby. And so I went through a period of nine months of the worst depression I've ever dealt with in my life. I didn't know what depression was. My favorite time of my life was from the time I fell asleep till I woke up. The worst time of my life was from the time I woke up till I fell asleep. Michelle told me one day, she said, Todd, you're hard to be around. I said, well, at least you can get away from me. I can't get away from myself. I wanted to get away from myself and I couldn't. And one day... On a Saturday, I walked into her walk-in closet, flipped open the case, 9mm gun, sitting there. I'm talking about a born-again, spirit-filled son of the Most High God who loves God. And I looked at that gun. I was going to kill myself. And I just closed it, popped the case, backed up, walked through the bedroom, down the hallway, to the great room. Michelle's over there at the kitchen cooking lunch. I get my lazy boy, I lean back, and I'm sitting there, it's been about one minute, and all of a sudden, Michelle turned around, she goes, did you feel that? And I said, what? She said, the spirit of suicide just came through this house. She did not have a clue where I'd just been. It broke nine months later. It's like you pulled a cloak off of me. That same day, I had a guy call me and went to church with me. He said, I need to talk to you. I said, I'll see you tomorrow at church. He goes, no, sir, I need you right now. He lived about three miles up the road, and there was a Baptist church that sat between us. I said, just meet me in the church parking lot. I pull up there, get in his car, and he's got a 357 Magnum getting ready to kill himself. I said, no, you're not. And I started telling him exactly what he's dealing with. He goes, how do you know? I said, because I just come out of it, baby. Now watch this. Watch this. I would not wish that battle I went through on anybody, even if I had an enemy. But I wouldn't take what it did in me for the world. What people forget about Job is God asked Satan about Job. Satan didn't ask God about Job. And God wanted, Satan, wanted Job to go through a testing. And Job got doubles, what everybody brags about. But God, Job had a revelation of God that a man or woman doesn't go through that testing doesn't have. That he will sustain you. The same grace that saves you is the same grace that sustains you. It's the same grace that's, that you serve him by. And ever since then, 
I have a rent, I'm telling you, when the devil shows up, I just get a grip. Like, really? You have no authority here. Suicide's a spirit. Depression is a spirit. Anger can be a spirit. We can go murder. Charles Finney said the devil is God's whetstone. W-H-E-T-S-T-O-N-E. He uses him to sharpen his saints. In American Western civilization theology, that won't fit in your head. But I'm telling you, I wouldn't take anything for the battles I've been through. Because you know what it's done? It's strengthened me and trained me. But I'm telling you, look at me. I'm not special. If you're going through a battle, you have to discern, is this God's will for my life? Or is it enemy taking territory and trespassing on me? If it is, you rebuke him, you cast him down, and you kick him out. Otherwise, you just ask for grace to be sustained through it, and you'll come out a mighty man or woman of God. Amen? Amen. You remember what I told you? Wounds ooze blood and scars do what? Ooze wisdom. What, what am I talking about today? Power. What is power? The ability to do. What is authority? The right to do. As a born-again son or daughter of God, I have the right with the kingdom, the power of the kingdom within me, to advocate God's will, number one, in my life, number two, in my home, but whenever I come upon where what I call the enemy is trespassing in a person's life, I have to have permission with their free will. After I got born again, some of my friends got saved. Most of them walked away. You know, whenever you get born again, if your friends don't change, either you didn't get born again or they did. Because <laughs> light and darkness had no communion with each other. Not that you can't love them and witness to them, but one of them that I was witnessing to, he said, Hill, you become a Jesus freak. He said, you're one of them. I said, whatever you want to call me, I just know I fell in love with a man that loved me first and my life's different. And he was, he was uh, 42 years old, if I, I forget, somewhere like that. And he's dying of a disease. And I, and I, I went to him one day. And I said, Let, let's do this. I said, let me pray for you. If God heals you, you serve him. If not, don't. And he went, you're not touching me, you Jesus freak. And he died. You have no authority in a person's life that will not allow you to pray for them. You know how much faith I believe it takes to get healed? Enough to let somebody pray for you. I told you I came as a five-fold minister to release a revelation and an impartation of the kingdom of God for you to live victoriously, not someday. Paul said, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. I love to say today is a day of freedom, heal, freedom, healing, wholeness. Today is the day of victory, not someday. If you're waiting to live a victorious life over there in heaven, you're missing the best. Let me tell you something else. You got to get out of an Old Testament mindset theology. Don't pray for a double portion. The double portion is times two. Pray for the abundance of the Lord Jesus Christ. It never runs over. A cup that's running over never runs out. Yes. A cup that's running over, I have enough for me and those around me. That, you got to get your mind shifted to what Jesus said. The abundant life. The Lord is my shepherd, shall not want. He makes me lie down in green. Every now and then, he has to make you lie down because you won't rest. <laughs> he leads me beside the... He restores my soul. Yea, though I... Wait a minute. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through what? Did he say, yea, though I set up camp in the valley of the shadow of death? No, I'm walking through 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, the rod is for correction, the staff is for direction. You know what a rebellious generation doesn't want? Correction or direction. Don't tell me what to do and don't tell me if I'm wrong. You want him. You want his correction, his direction. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare in the presence of my enemies. You know what's crazy is? The God will bless you right in front of your enemies. You're not out of their sight. You're just out of their reach. They have no place in you. He anoints my head with, which is his hand of favor. If there's anything you want in your life, you want his favor. And my cup, abundance. Surely shall follow me. Stop right there. Why is that? Because I'm walking in the path of righteousness as he leads me. If you're not, goodness and mercy is not going to follow you. It's called obedience. The greatest, the highest form of worship is not stand up singing a song. It's simple obedience of the known will of God. And obedience knows no repentance. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And I will. How many of you all know that the Holy Ghost power was not given for you to lay on the couch, eat bonbons, and watch as the world turns upside down? I'm landing it right here. No such thing as Mark chapter 17, but Mark chapter 16, 15 through 20. Let me quote, quote them to you. It's the commission, but I call it the great mandate. Jesus appeared to his disciples, and he got on them for their unbelief because they're hiding. And he said, go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, which is our part. A farmer can plow the ground and put fertilizer, but if he doesn't put seed in, he'll never have a harvest. You have to speak the word before you ever have a harvest because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned. We can't make a choice for them. But we do make a choice whether we go preach. And then he says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Not the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Them that believe. In my name, the authority that's in my name, they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up or remove serpents. If they drink any poisonous thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And after he had spoken these things, he was received up into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God, and he's still sitting down right now. He's not standing up again until he comes, comes back to get us. And then it says, and they went everywhere, which is obedience. Preaching the word, the seed has to go forth first. The Lord working with them, Greek, geek, synergio, where we get our word synergy. A Belgium draft horse can pull 8,000 pounds. Two of them can pull 24,000 pounds. And once they get in harmony, 32,000 pounds. The Lord working with them. If you decide to get up off your couch, off your comfort seat, and go out into the world and be a witness, you're going to find Holy Spirit power coming right with you. But if you're going to sit on your couch and be a slouch, ain't no Holy Ghost power there because you don't need it. The Lord working with them, confirming the word, not the man or woman, with signs following. If, there's anything, if I haven't left with you the reality that you have authority, that you have power, and you're not waiting on him, he's waiting on you. If I haven't left that, I've wasted my time here. I drove seven hours for no reason. Michelle and I came. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe that through the word of God, revelation has come. And I believe that you are going to see yourself when you look in the mirror, you tell that person who you are. Thank, thank you, Jesus, that I'm a born-again son or daughter of God. The kingdom of God lives within me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. 
For this reason was I left here, for this purpose, that I might continue and destroy the works of the devil that Jesus, you came for. Okay, I gotta be done. I could preach for, I'm not going to. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power to be a witness. Holy Ghost boldness. That's what Holy Ghost is for. Jesus doesn't have to take another stripe on his back to heal you. When he said it was finished, it's finished. The price of our sin cost him his life. The price of your sickness cost not his life. He wasn't even dead yet. It's not near the price that he paid for your sin. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to see Jesus not on the cross. He was only there six hours. Not in the grave. He's there only three days. I want you to see Revelation says he's got eyes of fire and he's got a name tag says King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He is because he wore a crown of thorns, he now wears a king's crown. Amen. He's already paid full price for you. You don't have to beg him. Healing is nothing but a gift just as salvation is. He's already paid full price for it. He's not even going to stand up. He's going to stay seated while we pray for you all. Isn't that crazy? Is, that, is, that, is this simple Christianity? Yeah. Lord, I hope I don't preach it over your heads because I've wasted my time. Amen.